Hey, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. And this week, we have two special guests. First off, we're going to speak to Chris King. Chris, of course, is running for the office of governor in the state of Florida. Chris is a successful Orlando businessman, someone who we've had the pleasure of speaking with before. And we'll talk to him about, you know, what it's been like on the campaign trail how he has uh, formulated his issues and what he wants to uh, uh, get accomplished if he indeed becomes the next governor of the state of Florida. Then a little bit later, we're going to talk to Hillsborough County Commissioner Les Miller. Now, Les brought forth a bill banning assault rifles in Hillsborough County. It died for the lack of a second, but we're going to check in with Les and find out what's going on gun safety-wise in Hillsborough County, which, of course, if you're not from uh, the state of Florida, is the Tampa area, okay? So Chris King is going to be up first, right after these words from our buddy Dennis Leary, who's talking Ford trucks. Okay, anyone like coming in first place in everything that matters? Introducing the all-new 2017 Ford Super Duty, the only high-strength, military-grade, aluminum alloy body, heavy-duty pickup. It takes first place in every measure of tough. Best-in-class towing, best-in-class payload, best-in-class horsepower, and best-in-class torque. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. This is the next level. This is the all-new Ford Super Duty. Okay, we are back, and our guest, as I said before, is Chris King. Chris is running for the Democratic nomination for governor in the state of Florida. He was born in Orlando. Chris is a third-generation Central Floridian. He graduated from Harvard University, earned a law degree from the University of Florida. He's a successful businessman in the Orlando area. We were lucky to uh, speak with him when he first got going, which is about a year ago. And since that time, Chris, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, you're not a, pro- a professional politician. So, you know, this has got to be a little eye-opening for you about stumping across the 67 counties in the state of Florida. Tell me what you learned so far. Absolutely. Well, it's good to be back with you, Jim. You know, it's, I, uh, I launched our campaign last April, April the 4th. Mm-hmm. And so we have nearly been at it a full year, and I've probably uh, uh, visited 35, 40 counties, spoken 125 times. And, you know, I think everybody says it, but until you've really lived it, it's hard to fully appreciate just the size, breadth, and diversity of Florida. You know, I've gotten to know mm-hmm. candidates who are run- running in other places. And the complexity of their races is so different when they only have one or two media markets or or Mm -hmm. one or two major areas. Uh, Florida is representative of so many different um, regions and areas. And so Mm -hmm. the challenge for a candidate running for statewide office and for governor is to spend as much time as humanly possible with each of these important communities. And it's just a constant challenge to figure out how to do that. Well, you know, it's funny. I've often said to people who don't know what Florida is like, I said, look, it's five states in one. Um, You've got the Panhandle, which is pretty much South Georgia. It's very conservative. And, you know, it's rural. I mean, mean, a lot of people, and Chris, you know this, as a businessman and someone who's toured the state, Florida is a very large agricultural area as well. 
So it is, you know, when people start talking about, well, gosh, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Orlando and Tampa and Miami, and, you know, those are all cosmopolitan areas and, you know, very tourist areas and very family friendly areas. And, you know, how could they possibly have these gun issues? Well, they have these gun issues because a sizable chunk of the state is ranches and groves. That's right. That's right. And, and as you know, well, Jim, you know, folks across our state have different feelings and different sure. comfort levels uh, about how we address these issues. I am from, obviously, from Central Florida and from Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so prior to making the decision to run for governor, you know, the, the mass uh, fatalities and the tragedy at Pulse Nightclub was mm-hmm. quite, um, quite an inspiration for me on what we needed to do differently. But more than that, I think it was an event that brought our community uh, together in Orlando, much like what we're seeing in Parkland and in, in Broward County, that mm-hmm. really gave us a real sense in Central Florida of what we have to do. And it was, it was interesting in Central Florida – the issues were, I was given a speech last week where I was sharing some thoughts from Pulse. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a number of issues came out of that. I mean, there were real debates and discussions on what equality in the state of Florida looks like and, and mm-hmm. where our laws have not not caught up with, with where we want to be. There were it, it, We integrated that with the gun debate and what, mm-hmm. what does common sense gun safety look like? Should it should, should it be right uh, that somebody who wants to do a bad deed can get access to a weapon of war and, and kill 49 people in a matter of moments? Is that, is that the type of society that we want to build and create? So we were having these debates you know, a couple of years before mm-hmm. what, what we're doing right now uh, in Parkland and all across the country. And, and so you know, it, it, it really is interesting, but to your point, you know, there, there is a, a cross-section of views as it relates to what we should do in this moment across the state of Florida. And the challenge for any statewide candidate is to bring consensus uh, to these issues. You know, Chris, I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, we were, it was actually um, a France 24 interview that we were doing, and uh, we are talking about guns, and I said that here, part of the problem uh, is the fact that people tend to veer away from facts. In 1994, President, That's uh, right. President Bill Clinton, Clinton. 1994, mm-hmm. as you remember, um, got a, uh, an assault ban, uh, assault weapons ban uh, bill passed. in Congress. Yes. And, yeah. and the reason it passed at the same time Republicans were stonewalling the bill. There was a letter. That letter came from three former presidents, President Carter, President Gerald Ford, and President Ronald Reagan. Now, every conservative on the planet seems to want to quote Ronald Reagan, who probably couldn't be a member of the Republican Party at this point in time because he would not be (laughs) accepted. But okay, fine. Reagan, a gun guy, said that there was no reason to have these weapons of war, as you put them, okay, speed forward to the Heller case in 2004, which, of course, is the holding case. It's the only case in the Supreme Court that actually addresses the Second Amendment, where where Justice Scalia, again, a, a conservative icon, writes in the majority decision 
that, yes, you were entitled to bear arms, meaning a handgun. But mm-hmm. he goes to the ex- entire extent that if you read the last paragraph of that very lengthy uh, decision that he literally puts in there, you do not have the right to, to own what in essence is a, 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 you know, a weapon of war. He specifically right. writes it. So you've got Ronald Reagan and you've got Antonin Scalia, both yes. on the side of, of reasonable gun ownership. Sure. And, and they get pushed out the door by these people who literally do not you know, want to acknowledge that exists. Absolutely. And, and in both of those examples, you know, those are clearly uh, men who would be seen as great advocates and defenders of the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. And right. yet even they, they recognized that this was not uh, an unlimited uh, of freedom um, right. and just, Absolutely. just, just as, as, as we have laws. And so, you know, that's the conversation we're having in Florida. And what I try to say, you know, for, since my very first uh, speech, uh, Jim, as a candidate last April, I came out uh, for a ban on what we call assault weapons or these very powerful semi-automatic rifles that have been sure. utilized in so many of the nation's greatest tragedies. And, and I thought at that time maybe I was a little far out on the limb uh, and would, would, would time catch up with us. And now, of course, I think this is a real mainstream debate. But what I argue is this is not a progressive or a conservative uh, position. I mean, this should be very common sense. And I think mm-hmm. what to your to your uh, 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 allusion to Justice Scalia, you know, uh, we hear from a lot of Republican legislators in Tallahassee, and I'm sure in Congress and in Washington, mm-hmm. that we can't do this uh, because of, of federal laws or the Constitution. And that's just not accurate. And we did no, it in 94. Mm-hmm. We did it in 94. Uh, we we were trying to do it again, and you remember when they tried to reinstate that ban ten years later and failed. Right. Uh, we've done this before, mm-hmm. and we we should be able to do it again. And we want to we want to have that conversation in Florida. Well, Chris, to your point, um, it has been done in four states. The most recent one was in 2016 in the state of Maryland. They have assault. Yeah. They have banned assault weapons. In each yeah. case. They have been taken to court. In each yeah. case, the, the district court has found that it is legal to ban assault weapons. Every yeah. time they've tried to kick it to the Supreme Court, the Roberts Court has kicked it back saying, we don't want to hear it. So right. that proves your point, which is it's con- that common sense gun reform. If four states have proven that you can pass that legislation and it doesn't get kicked out by, you know, a district court and doesn't get to the Supreme Court, then it is golden. And from a legal standpoint, I don't see how anyone could do that with a straight face. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, that's what we feel. Look, I, I tell our supporters all across the state of Florida, this is a tough thing. This is, I, I would not have the votes now in Tallahassee to get this done legislatively, uh, okay. but we have, a, of course, an amendment process in Florida, and this is one of two big issues that I feel as if I, I may have a struggle to get it done through the legislature that I would use the bully pulpit of the governor's position uh, to, 
to really be a champion for these public amendments. But, mm-hmm. you know, we can't, and, and what I tell our, our folks and friends on this side too, that we can't become too siloed or just too uh, specific on one issue because gun right. safety is, is a multi-headed uh, mm-hmm. you know, effort. And, you know, I talk also about universal background checks, which for the, mm-hmm. those very same people I'm up against um, are, you know, opposed to that here in Florida. And that, to me, strikes me as the essence of, uh, of, of common sense. You know, we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, the governor, our current governor in Florida, uh, Rick Scott, has suggested that mental health care services, now he deems them to be a conversation we have to have. And, you know, they just passed a bill where we put you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars now into some additional mental health care services, which I have argued is a Band-Aid when you're from a state that is 49th or 50th in the nation and caring for the needs of the mentally ill in terms of the investments we make. You know, and the number one, I call it the battleship idea, this governor has come up with Band-Aids, you know, the number one battleship idea to combat mental health care or mental illness in our state is to pass Medicaid expansion. Uh, which is the biggest provider of services uh, for those with, with mental illness. And, right. uh, again, uh, like assault weapon ban, I think this is going to be an issue I'm going to have to take directly to the voters because uh, we, we are way behind here in Florida on those issues. Well, Chris, to your point, if, if you look at all the polling, okay, doesn't matter you know where you look from the polling. If there's four or five different polls that have – been done recently. They are exactly on your point. They are they are in your camp on the gun issue. They're on your camp in the in the health care yep. issue. I mean, let's yeah. put it this way: you've got nine hundred thousand people in the state of Florida who Governor Scott basically signed their death warrants when he basically didn't sign the Medicaid Expansion Act. And I mean that from the standpoint of they are not going to get care and the care they need because of the Medicaid expansion, because they're saying, oh, gosh, we don't want to expand Obamacare. Well, guess what? If you don't have an alternative and it is the law of the land, what are you supposed to do? And and the way I have said it and articulated throughout the state is when Governor Scott made the decision not to expand Medicaid, Mm-hmm. And the legislature went along with them, even when the business community and the faith community across the state said, this is right for our economy. This is right for mm-hmm. our people. You know, what they did is they've created a state now where at least two and a half million people, probably many more now, uh, mm-hmm. don't have access to a doctor who knows their name. And to your point, you know, there mm-hmm. are at least 800 or 900,000 people uh, who would be covered with access to quality health care. And we mm-hmm. know uh, you know, that there are a variety uh, of reasons that, that the health of those people uh, has not been uh, invested in, and, and that's something we, we should have done. And that was, again, one of my motivations for running, because I believe a Democratic governor um, is going to do everything in their power to right that wrong and care better for those people. You know, Chris, um, I, really, I really think that you've got a very good point on taking issues to the people. Uh, Clearly, the Republicans in the House and the Senate in the state of Florida don't even pay attention to their own counties, let alone Mm -hmm. to the state. 
And uh, I think you're right on. And you have a point, which I want to get to in a second, let you articulate it. Uh, as you know, in Pasco County, which is where yes. Mr. Corcoran is from, um, yes. they have said they want no part of teaching teachers how to use guns or people guns. you know, mm -hmm. involved in the state with guns. Yet this is the thing that was advocated by Speaker of the House Corcoran and by um, Senator Sampson. You mm -hmm. came out this week very strongly against that, and I want to let you yeah. articulate your points on that. Well, I, I just did not even think it was a serious issue. Uh, it was not – to me, it was just foolishness. Um, nobody wants that. The students of Parkland um, are not advocating for that. Their families are not advocating for that. The answer in this moment is not more guns. Um, that, that is just, not, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. And, um, and it's uninspired and it, to your, to your point, it just reflects, um, a deep missing of this moment for leadership. And I think Speaker Corcoran, you know, has done this over and over again. He was a force, uh, in the legislature when we had the, the Medicaid debate in 2015 uh -huh. about its expansion, you know, the, this is a pattern that has happened over and over and over again in Florida over the last 20 years, and that is that voters say they want this, and this mm -hmm. legislature gives them that. Um, they want, you know, medical marijuana, and the legislature, um, you know, complicates it all up and doesn't execute. They say they want fair districts, and they want to stop gerrymandering, and this legislature uh, has to be sued in the court of law over about a 10-year period. Uh, to, to bring fair districts uh, to, to Florida. Uh, this, this, these voters say they want to protect and conserve valuable lands across Florida, something called Forever Florida. This legislature mm -hmm. doesn't fund it. And so with all of those examples, gun safety being the most recent, um, mm -hmm. the, the only thing that will change what is occurring is if we have a counterbalancing force in our government, and that mm -hmm. is why electing a Democratic governor, and, and this is why so many of my supporters are Republicans who believe that their party is a shell of what it could be, that it is mm -hmm. not healthy. It has become an, a, a group of extreme um, positions, a group of small ball uh, positions. You know, what I often mm -hmm. say is, you know, and, this, these, and we saw it again this year in the legislature, is they're not accomplishing very much. And the things they fixate on, like stand your ground, uh, just don't move the dial for health and wellness and prosperity in Florida. And so I think electing a Democratic governor will not only revitalize a Democratic party that needs a new champion, but it will, I hope and believe, make the Republican Party a, a, a more healthy apparatus. You know, Chris, um, you're a businessman. And yeah. you've been very successful at what you do. Um, I believe you understand that never before, because of what happened in Parkland, and God not willing, we would have loved to have been able to not have that happen. Uh, yes. Same for Pulse and, and anywhere in the country, but it happened. Um, so Florida now is under a microscope. People are watching it. They want to know what goes on in Florida. If you, if the state of Florida does not have a governor coming in 2018, that is a, a, a common sense governor, yeah. then 
it's going to cost the state millions of tens to hundreds of millions of dollars in tourism money because I guarantee you the hashtag boycott Florida is not far away. Yes. Well, you know, I, I what I say on on to, to voters and on the campaign trail is unfortunately this has become a back of the pack state in nearly every economic and quality of life measurement with wages per capita GDP incomes, you know, one out of every two of our jobs pay less than $15 an hour. And Mm -hmm. we've gotten to that point because at every major moment where big things happen, like Parkland, we don't rise to the occasion and do the things that great states do. You you alluded to Maryland, you know, that that, Mm -hmm. that did the assault weapons ban. You know, there there are examples all across the state. I was in I was in California recently and I was meeting with folks uh, who were telling me when they took the Medicaid expansion, what that meant for mental health care services in the state of California, how Mm -hmm. much that helped public health and safety net hospitals and all of those folks who are falling through the cracks when it comes to health care in the state of Florida. So it's not as if we have to reinvent the wheel where we have to Mm -hmm. come up with, you know, new things that nobody's ever thought of. Uh, uh, Great states are doing these things every day. We've mm-hmm. just got to bring that quality of leadership to Florida, and we need more of a competition of ideas. We haven't had it, and we've suffered uh, because of it. Well, sir, I'll tell you what. You've given me more than uh, the requisite amount of time that I asked for. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. And so, well, all right, in fairness, you, it's my pleasure, Chris. In, in fairness, I'm going to give you a, a one-minute opportunity to tell the people why Chris King should be the next governor of the state of Florida. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. It was good to be with you. You know, I, I, I believe uh, that I am a candidate um, uh, for governor of Florida from Orlando, a father of three, married to my high school sweetheart, an entrepreneur who's built a, uh, a great business around my progressive values. And I believe I can win uh, and I can beat the Republican nominee in 2018, uh, but more importantly, I believe I can be transformative. I have been a leader and a candidate who's been willing to take on some of the toughest interests in Florida. So whether it's the NRA right now uh, with my positions on assault, against assault weapons and four universal background checks, whether it's been my only, I'm the only candidate in the race that is advocating uh, that the next governor of Florida must stand up against the sugar industry, which has been an impediment for environmental progress in the state of Florida. I'm the only candidate who's talking about free community college and trade school as a pathway for every student uh, in the state of Florida. And I am the candidate who's made housing affordability a centerpiece of my economic agenda. I believe I can strengthen the economy. I believe I can win. And I believe I can make this a state uh, that is uh, a place where every Floridian uh, can dream and pursue their dreams. Chris, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck on the campaign trail. I'm sure we'll catch up with you down the line. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jim. Look forward to talk to you soon. Thanks to Chris Singh for joining us. And when we return, we will talk to Les Miller from the Hillsborough County Commission about gun safety in Hillsborough County. But first, this. From our buddy Dennis Leary, talking Ford trucks. 
Okay. Anyone like coming in first place in everything that matters? Introducing the all-new 2017 Ford Super Duty. The only high-strength, military-grade, aluminum alloy body, heavy-duty pickup. It takes first place in every measure of tough. Best-in-class towing, best-in-class payload, best-in-class horsepower, and best-in-class torque. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. This is the next level. This is the all-new Ford Super Duty. Uh, our next guest is Les Miller. Now, Les is a Hillsborough County Commissioner, and prior to that, he served in the Florida House of Representatives and also in the Florida Senate. Now, Les has a very unique skill set. He's someone who has Army weaponry training. Of course, he was in the United States Army. He has fired you know, M16 rifles before. He understands what a AK-15 is like. He has, as I said, extensive weaponry training during his time in the United States military. Now, he also is someone whose son was accidentally shot, um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, fortunately, he survived and uh, began to prosper and did well. And we were very pleased for that. So Les has a unique skill set, and he understands weaponry. He understands what it's like to have someone shot. He's been one of the leading members of the state of Florida in trying to get common sense gun legislation through on, on a state-wide level, and, and now most recently uh, in Hillsborough County. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties with Les's interview, so it's going to be a little shorter than we would have liked, but... Um, I think it's very important that you hear from Les in his own words um, what his quest has been you know, like. And um, let's pick it up where we start to talk about um, his initiating, initiating, excuse me, um, is initiating a bill, as I said before, banning assault weapons in Hillsborough County and where that went and where we are presently in Hillsborough County and um, his observations on what's going on statewide. So go ahead, Les, let's pick it up with um, you telling us where things stand in Hillsborough County right now. Well, let's, let's, let's start with the county. Uh, the okay. motion I made to ban assault weapons in Hillsborough County did not get a second. Uh, so that issue is dead. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as, as trying to do something differently. I have to pray on it, figure it out. Uh, the issue of increasing the waiting period to buy a gun in Hillsborough County from three to five days, it did pass. And when I say pass, it passed to allow our legal staff to draft an ordinance, bring it back to us. Uh, then we have to vote on it again. And then we have to have set a public hearing and vote on it again. Uh, the same thing with uh, making it a misdemeanor to make a threat to any high to any school in Hillsborough County or daycare, asking the staff to draw up an ordinance and then they bring it back and we have a public hearing bring it back for voting. Those so that's where we are in Hillsborough County, in the state of Florida, a school safety bill as they call it passed both the House and the Senate. Uh, the House voted on yesterday. It is now going to the governor. It has a lot of things in there concerning uh, increasing the number of of uh, of uh, um, resource officers, school resource officers in schools, but the most the most sticking point of that bill, which I don't agree with, and the governor of the state of Florida doesn't agree with, and that's the first time I've agreed with Rick, Rick Scott, 
is that it allows teachers uh, and school personnel to have guns in the classroom if they pass courses that total 140 hours. Um, and I think that is the most dangerous part of that bill. And it's now headed to the governor, but it's on his desk. He has 15 days whether to sign it or reject it. Uh, and we don't know what he's going to do because there are other parts of that bill he agrees with. Uh, he can't he can't line out and veto it because it's not a budget. So mm-hmm. that's where we stand here in, in Hillsborough County, and that's where we stand in the state of Florida. My understanding is that Governor Scott is going to talk to um, the Parkland, the students from uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Yes. Um, and then he will read the bill with them and see, get their input before he makes a decision to sign one way or the other. Exactly, exactly. And again, you're someone who uh, has a history with um, with rifles like that. You told us a little earlier that um, they're killing machines. They're not um, rifles that uh, one goes out and hunt with, unless, of course, you said um, they're hunting elephants. Exactly, exactly. Or you know, you're in war. That's what they're meant for. Right. They're meant, for, they're meant to kill the enemy in war. And those folks that are being killed with these assault weapons are not our enemy. I know you have to go, and I appreciate everything you've given to me today uh, in the way of time. Um, but, Commissioner, last last word. Um, did what happened in Parkland, do you feel, have any sort of uh, impact on the legislature in the state, the commission in Hillsborough County, the United States in general? Well, in Hillsborough County, Yes, because no one was going to bring it forth except me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have another Democrat on, on the board. She was sick yesterday. Uh, and they were not going to bring it forth. And after Parkland, I decided to bring it forth. Uh, before Parkland, the number one issue during the Florida legislative session was the opioid crisis that we had. When Parkland mm-hmm. shooting uh, happened, the opioid crisis got pushed to a back burner. And this became the number one issue in, in Tallahassee. Um, and in the United States, uh, this has been an issue for a very, very, very long time because of the shootings not only in Parkland, the shootings not mm-hmm. only in, 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 in Orlando, but the shootings in Texas, the shootings in, in, um, in California, and the shootings in, in um, uh, uh, I can't think of the other place. Las was. Vegas and Orlando. Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, and, and the students in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So it's been, on, it's been there at the forefront in the United States. The problem is, is that those elected officials that are controlled by the NRA do not want to face this issue, and when they have to face this issue, they make little minor movements, and the minor movements really don't do anything. So Parkland did push the, the line a little bit further. I hope what pushes the line even more is these young people, not only in Parkland, but my mm-hmm. grandson is 18 years old, and I hope he's registered to vote, but I hope mm-hmm. that those that are eligible to vote will register to vote and utilize their voice at the ballot box to make a difference in who they send to Washington, D.C., or send to Tallahassee, or their county commissioners, or their city councils, or their school board members, make that difference. Because if you make that difference, maybe we could get some change. Outstanding. Thank you, Commissioner Miller. If we want to get in touch with you via social media or uh, follow you, how can we do that? Uh, I I don't have a social media page because doing the Confederate uh, statute issue here, here in Hillsborough County, when I had a statue removed, they hacked my Facebook page and I took it down. But my uh, my office email address is 
Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R-L-J, at Hillsboro, H-I-L-L-S-B-O-R-O-U-G-H, county, C-O-U-N-T-Y, all one word, dot org. I will make sure it's linked in the uh, page below so that everybody will be able to, to follow it. Uh, we wish you the best, Commissioner Miller. Uh, we thank you for your time and uh, keep fighting the good fight. And just um, know this, that uh, I know yesterday you didn't get a second, but uh, on social media, there were a couple of kids from uh, Parkland who called you out and thanked you for uh, doing what you could. So well, you are you are getting love. It may not be in Hillsborough County, but it definitely is on a statewide and national basis. Thank you very much, very much. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. All right, that brings to close yet another edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Now, if you've not yet subscribed, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, it is free and easy. All you have to do is go to the iTunes store. We're part of the Apple Podcast family. Proud to be there. You can get us at Google Play. You can also get us at Globe Talk Radio. And if you're one of the 35 million people on the planet who have downloaded the Stitcher app because you love podcasts and you know that there's all kinds of outstanding podcasts at Stitcher, no matter what your taste might be, including us. So by all means, make us part of your Stitcher family. And last but certainly not least, if you're one of the 175 million people, myself included, who've downloaded the TuneIn app on your phone or tablet or both, all you have to do is search the Politically Incorrect Podcast, hit favorite, and every week you'll get a brand new edition of the show set to your tablet or to your phone or to both okay so five places to get the politically incorrect podcast please go out and subscribe today okay all right speaking of special thanks let's give some special thanks to our guest today chris king who's running to be the democratic nominee for governor of the state of florida also hillsborough county commissioner les miller all their information will be found in our show box so check it out and follow them okay all righty, next week, a buddy of ours, someone who you've heard many times on here, Joseph Hammond, will be talking to us from Abu Dhabi, where he will be reporting on a global trade conference. We're going to talk to Joseph about how the U.S. is being perceived on the world stage. Is the Trump administration's America First program a good thing or a bad thing? Well, no spoiler alert, but I'm going to say not a good thing. We'll find out, though, when we speak to Joseph next week. So thanks again to Chris King and to Les Miller for joining us. I'm Jim Williams here on the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Have a great weekend. We will see you next time.